The Roaring Heads Podcast with Grant Giles, Psychology, Athletes and People. Welcome to the Roaring Heads podcast for another week with me, Gilesy. Actually, it's been more than a week. It's been a couple of weeks. Actually, it's been maybe three weeks. But anyway, I'm here now, and that's the main thing. And this week, I wanted to talk about hmm, maybe uh, the scent of athletic intention. Um, so, I'm, I'm, you know what? I might just call this um, whole podcast the scent of truth because that's what we're looking for in an athletic context. We're trying to find the limits of our own potential, the limits of our own talents, I guess. And you know what? If you want to know the future, then you kind of have to look at what your mind is doing now, because it is a bit of a predictor, right? We tend to think that our our minds can just wander all over the place and we'll get the outcomes that we want. But it doesn't really work like that. If you're unconscious of the way you think, then you're unconscious of the future. And that's where you can actually look into a crystal ball and predict what's going to happen. Because in no small way, your mind and your thoughts are creating the future that you dearly want to know about. And the funny thing is you already do know about it. And if you were able to track the thoughts that you have in each moment of every day, you'd see what sort of future you were setting yourself up for, because that's what we do. When we unconsciously speak to ourselves, we're unconsciously creating the future, often that we don't want. (laughs) So the thing is to get a little more conscious of the way we, we are thinking, right? And the problem for many when they assess what it is that they really want, they come up with a million reasons for why they can't have it. And because they speak to themselves like that, they don't get it. (laughs) So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So that's why today I wanted to talk about this idea of the scent of truth. You know, because often the mind will, will, will project something that we want We'll have an intention around something that we'd like to achieve, and then we come up with a whole bunch of reasons why we can't have it. I'm not lucky enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not fast enough. I'm not good-looking enough. Blah, 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 blah. And on it goes, right? And interestingly, if a loved one of yours asked you for something, you'd do your best to give it to them, right? Why would you do that? Because you love them. Why then... Do we have this internal voice that is bereft of love for self? Now, I know no athlete wants to touch this. It's all touchy-feely, isn't it? We don't want to go there. We're, we're kind of hitting at the, uh, <laughs> the soft underbelly. But we need to. Because when we hit at the, under, the, the underbelly, we get to the truth of what it is that blocks us, what separates us from our potential and our talents. 
And athletes tend to think of love for self as a weakness, and that's a massive problem. They tend to think that they need to have this ironclad will that shows no vulnerability, right? No mercy, no leniency. The problem is, with this concept, with this idea, is that it's weak. It's weak as it's projected out to the world and strong as it's projected inwards toward ourselves. So we end up having no mercy for ourselves, no leniency for ourselves, right? There's no vulnerability there. And so the ironclad will is actually made of, of tin. <laughs> so the critical inner voice is loud and that mutes our external power and our ability to thrive outwardly. And of course this is the case. How could it be otherwise? You have a nervous system that's under threat from its own mind and voice. Of course it's going to shut down. Of course it's going to become weak. Of course it's going to be feeling threatened. Or it's going to be showing signs of being threatened. Right? Now, because you're disenfranchised from your own inner power, you start to look for clues outside yourself. If I can't find my power in here, then the answer must be out there somewhere in the world. Right? That's natural. Of course, that's what you'd think. Of course, that's what you'd do. So we become more lost and we lose more power because we're not dealing with the real problem, which is about the words we speak to ourselves and the doubtful thoughts that we entertain. So we go into this kind of freeze, this paralysis, and then we look for the answers outside and we overanalyze data. We overanalyze information and we become paralyzed. Analysis paralysis, looking for the answers out there, looking for clues in an avalanche of words and numbers. And like a tracker on a scent for footprints in the sand, he has to have an element of intuition on that trail. Or the footprints will be lost in the sand forever. And if he starts to follow every track and every print in the sand... He'll lose the scent completely and he'll become lost in the desert, right? So that tracker is a metaphor for how we lose our own scent. We get lost trying to track our own progress because we only want to assess it from the outside. But it doesn't work because it's not enough. It needs to go deeper. If you want to know the truth of your own potential and your own talent, we need to go deeper. We need to go to the soft underbelly. We need to be vulnerable enough to look at the deeper aspects of self. Otherwise, we end up with a torrent of fictions, drowning in a sea of information bereft of a direction and a million tracks leading to absolutely nowhere. And the losers in that are intention, right? Intuition, attention, focus, will, heart, desire, motivation, enthusiasm. And if you just take a little look at that list, what's the common denominator? Where do they arise, all of those things? They arise in presence, right? They require your presence. They're felt sense modalities that come when you're present with yourself, when you're present with your process, whatever that process is. So in order to know the scent of truth, we have to know the realm 
that all those modalities that I just mentioned arise in, which, as we just said, is, is present, presence. And, you know, I hear it all the time in sport. You know, we create these stories to hide our vulnerability. But the thing is, vulnerability is strength. That's what we're not told. We're still trying to use this old paradigm of headbutting this thing, of overcoming, of stiff upper lip. But it doesn't work when you're trying to get to the root of your own potential. And realistically, it's the strength to stare down your own shit, to learn what you can from it and move forward with presence, rewriting the old scripts that keep you from reaching your true potential. That's what needs to be done. That's the strength of vulnerability. And naturally, people don't like it when their frailties are exposed. So we hide them away. We don't, we don't want anyone to see them. And when they're exposed, we feel triggered. So we make up stories and we make up excuses and we talk bullshit, especially athletes. <laughs> I don't know, I'm not different. I'm one of them. Or I have been one of them. And now I work with them. And I see it. And I can sense it. And I can feel it. So... To me, when you feel triggered, you should be grateful because that's an opportunity for you to find out where you are not free. As an athlete and as a human being, you are literally finding out where the holes in your balloon are and now you have the chance to patch them or you'll end up deflated and overwhelmed, apathetic, tired, listless. That's what happens. It's not... It's not often it's not the process out there that's making you tired. It's the inner effort that it's taking from you because you're leaking all your energy. So look, if you're an athlete listening to this, your body is capable of almost anything. It's your noggin that you have to convince. It's your doubt that you have to overcome. And it's your lack of vulnerability that you have to face to take the risk to learn to love yourself. And what's the worst thing that can happen? <laughs> you know, there's a great Buddhist teacher called Pema Chowdhury who said, we can make ourselves miserable or we can make ourselves strong. The, out, the amount of effort is the same. And that's so true. It's a choice that we make. We need to make that choice conscious. Because while ever it's going through to the keeper, we're losing our chance. We're losing our chance to make ourselves internally stronger so we can be externally stronger. And you can't have one without the other. So don't leave it to the outside world. It can't do it for you. But if you have your own presence, if you have your own ground and your own sense of self, then the outside world most certainly can help you. There's no doubt about that. The data can help you. The information can help you. But only in your own presence and only when there's clarity and only when there's strength. Now, a lot of people come with these horrible stories of the past that they think are preventing them from achieving what it is they've set for themselves now. And then because of that, they, de they develop this morbid fear of the future based on a past that is gone. A past that's already buried. And when you suffer the past and the future, 
what you are actually suffering is a lack of presence. In essence, you're not suffering from the past or the future at all. You're suffering from memory and imagination. And you're letting your memory and your imagination get away from you. And they're not helpful because they actually impede your progress. They're what's keeping you stuck. And they are inescapably only to do with what you think and how you think it. And they're not real. And because they're not here, but you are, right? Well, the real you is, but where's your mind? Where are your thoughts going? And this is where the tracker metaphor comes back in. I mean, forget tracking the information. Start tracking what your mind is doing and gently start to correct it when it doesn't meet up with your vision, when it doesn't meet up with the intention that you've set for yourself. Stay present with your own mind and thoughts. Find out what you tell yourself. Don't be deaf to it and don't be mute to your own truth. If you really want something, at some point, you have to make the decision to want it. Then you have to make the decision to have the damn thing. (laughs) You can't have it or get it if you speak against it at the same time. And with athletes, this is what I see a lot of the time. They want it. They set the intention, but they speak against it. It's like this to and fro. So the point here is, Watch what you say to yourself. And from that place, watch what others say to you. And don't let anyone walk through your mind with their dirty shoes on. And make sure you take your own damn shoes off before you walk through your own mind. Now you've got the scent of your own potential. You can get to it. You can start tracking your own footprints in the sand to success. So this scent, right, this... uh, this scent, this trail that we're on, these, these footprints that we're following in the sand, they're basically showing you that everything is moving inside you. Nothing is really moving outside you of you. And why is that important for an athlete? Well, your relationship with the context either cripples you or it empowers you. You make that unconscious choice until you make it conscious. But the contextual layers of thought about the process regardless of what it is, let's just say it's racing, endurance racing, will get you lost in trying to overcome something that we think exists outside ourselves. A race, for instance, the external conditions, for example. But really, regardless of what the external conditions are throwing up, we're making internal choices about how we're dealing with it. We're sending messages to our body probably unconsciously most of the time. But if you stop and really look at the truth of every single experience that you've ever had, you'll see that everything that occurs happens within the boundaries of your own awareness. It happens internally. You're looking at something externally, you might be feeling it, but your reaction to it is happening inwardly. How could it be otherwise? The rock on the side of the road isn't (laughs) isn't reacting, you are inside. So... You know, I guess you could possibly say, well, what difference does it make? Well, the context that you select for what is happening impacts your direct experience of it. So that's right. You get to create the reality as it's occurring 
based on how you view what's happening. And that, my friends, is based on how you program your responses to what happens. And this is where the past comes in. Because if you're still anchored to something that's happened in the past, then you're overlaying a shitty brown filter over something that's happening now, which is in your way. So impulses need to be overcome in order for you to be able to adapt with the correct responses to the situation. So you can come with the appropriate response at the appropriate time. And I keep bringing this for athletes because even neuroscience and quantum physics are proving that we literally are creating our own reality through the neural pathways that we build and maintain through the way that we think and feel. And that's why intention and vision are so important. That's why the words that we say to ourselves are so important. Because we teach ourselves how to respond to impulses. So if we learn it and we're conditioned by it, we can rewire the context and reload it. And that's what intention and that's what visualization do. And this is where intention and visualization become the critical component of getting what you want. And they're training you towards that race day. They're putting you on that scent. They've got you following those footprints in the sand. And the outcome is a product of the incoming. The incoming is the product of your thoughts, your emotions, your sense perceptions and your feelings, all prepared for you based on your own personal history. It's automatic and it plays repetitively. Most of the time, like I said earlier, is it's unconscious. And the act of setting an intention puts your energy into that intention and draws your energy away from thinking about what you don't want, which is what most athletes will unconsciously do, thinking about what they don't want. And that will just draw it to them. Why? Because you're making it the focus of your energy. That's right, you're making it an unconscious intention. So if you're constantly thinking about the past and what went wrong before, you're setting the intention for it to happen again and repeat itself. And that's the last thing that you want. So you are the product of what you think in that sense. You are creating that reality. So the practice here is to make the intention fully conscious. As you visualize what it is that you actually consciously want. And most critically here, though, is that you match that visualization with what it is you want to feel and sense. It's no good putting together a visualization where you're playing it like a projector on a movie screen. You have to be able to feel and sense the feelings that you want to feel in the event itself. How would it feel? What will you be thinking and sensing as you're performing the way that you want to perform? What does it feel like to connect to the power of your own will, of your own desire, of your own motivation, right? Your own enthusiasm. To be engaged in the flow of your own attention, responding to the process as it plays out without reacting in negative, habitual ways. 
because we we've all done that. We've all, we all do that until we don't. So you're visualizing, sensing, and feeling, thriving, and responding to the way that you truly like to respond. Thriving the in the way that you'd actually like to thrive because the subconscious doesn't have a clue. As far as the subconscious is concerned, this felt sense, visualization and intention that you're putting forward is a reality. And as you practice, so too will it become a reality. But in the opposite, if what you're practicing is doubtful thought, if what you're practicing are negative connotations about yourself then you're setting the intention for the outcome of that negativity and you need some momentum here and momentum is practice so it's the practice of visualizing and creating intentions and doing them consistently daily in the daily training environment making sure that you are anchored to your intention and your vision. And it sounds like claptrap, but it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. The brain's not like a tape recorder. (laughs) You can't just wipe it and redo it. But it is very, very powerful, and it is plastic. So as you set this intention, as you do these visualizations, they become clear. They become more clear. You gain clarity around what it is that you're trying to achieve. And then you're informing your body and setting the intention for it to follow. Once again, like the footprints in the sand, your body now has an intention and a direction to follow, to follow the scent, to follow the scent to your potential and your talent. It's not rhetoric, it's an actual fact. So in closing, I just simply say, mind your thoughts, mind your doubts. Mind your past, mind your future thoughts, mind your over-analysis, mind your overwhelm, mind your tendencies, do some inquiry, find out how you tick, what are your specific blocks, what are the specific things that you tell yourself that divorce you from your intention and your goals, your potential and your talents, what are the stories that You tell yourself that divorce yourself from moving forward in a day-to-day training environment. I'm not going to act like we don't all get negative and we don't all get tired and fatigued. And when you're tired and fatigued, you're more prone to negative thought. That's normal. But you need to know what is serving you and what is working against you so that at least you know when you're working against yourself. And when you know that you're working against yourself... At least you can become silent. At least you can let those thoughts trail off. You can watch them pass like clouds in the sky pass so that you're not gripping onto them, you're not holding onto them, you're letting them go. And you need to overlay new information. We need to download new scripts. And that's what this podcast has been all about. So I'm hoping that you got something out of it. It's only a short one, but it's... a uh, It's a weighty little one, isn't it? If you'd like to know more or you'd like to work with me, you can can go to the website, grantgiles.com.au or you can simply hit me on my email at grant.giles at sansego.co. 
Thanks for listening and I'll speak to you soon. Wake me up, wake me before black turns into blue. Wake me up, wake me. I don't wanna miss a thing with you. Wake me up.